Welcome to Carson Chatter, a podcast focused on Carson City, the people who shape it, and the real estate that defines it. I'm Cena Lloyd, Carson City Library Director, and I am here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Garrett Lapierre, local real estate agent with Century 21 Jim Wilson Realty. We have another great guest this week for you, along with our weekly segments, Community Connections, and Lapierre's Corner. Stay with us, and we'll be right back. Welcome to this week's segments. We're going to start with Lapeer's Corner. And one thing I want to talk to you about this week, and I've talked to you about it in a previous podcast, but it's so important that I'm going to do another reminder on it. There's a lot of new construction going on here in Carson City. Uh, these new developments, some of them are local builders. Some of them are big national builders. If you are curious about um, the prices, you want to see the floor plans, go look at the model homes, I highly, highly encourage you to have your own representation and to have your own agent. And to do that, all you need to do is is reach out to an agent before you go visit those new home communities. Um, If you go there without without an agent, without representation, you will not be able to bring an agent in later. So that first that first time you head out to the new, uh, new home development, you need to bring an agent with you. As a buyer, you will not pay um, above and beyond the purchase price or any additional fees to have your own representation. So the seller, the new home builder, will pay the commission to your agent as the buyer. And uh, what's important to understand is that those agents that are at those new home developments to represent the seller and they have the seller's interest in mind. Um, Again, that doesn't mean that they're going to take advantage of you or do something shady or anything like that. It just means that you're getting the best deal, you have a whole lot better chance um, if you have someone representing your interests rather than looking out for the seller's interests as far as getting the best deal. Um, One thing I want to remind you of that Sina asked me to remind you um, is you can go to uh, their website, go to the Carson City uh, website, carsonlibrary.com, and they have um, a new program that is called Overdrive. So if you go to the Carson City Library website and you have a library card, if you don't have a library card to the Carson City Library, you should come down right away and get one. They're free. Uh, But Overdrive now has streaming with movies. So Overdrive provides downloadable e-books and e-audiobooks and now with streaming movies that are accessible 24-7 through the um, library's website. So uh, we're going to get some bad weather here over the next week or so. This is a good time to get onto the website if you have your library card and be able to stream whatever movie they have available for free right there on the website. So make sure to take a look at that. Welcome back. We are, we are here talking to this week's guest, Chris Bayer, who is the head of CASA, which is the Court Appointed Special Advocates, um, which is in Carson City. Welcome to the show, Chris. Great to be here, Garrett. Thanks. You betcha. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to get into the position of being the head of CASA. Uh, I've been uh, the director of the CASA organization, uh, the local nonprofit, since 1997. And, and I got there because in 93, I volunteered to be a CASA volunteer. Um, I thought it was interesting. I thought it would be rewarding. I did it, and a few years later, I found myself running the organization. 
So what is CASA? Tell, tell us what it is. Well, CASA is a, is a trade name that comes out of the National CASA Association in uh, Seattle. There's 900 CASA organizations across the nation, seven in the state of Nevada. And specifically here, as across the state of Nevada, CASA provides the court system in the, in the different judicial districts with volunteers who serve under the NRS as what's called the guardian ad litem for children in child welfare cases. Now these are cases where children are removed from the home due to abuse and neglect by the state, taken into foster care or, or in state custody but living with grandma. And the law says that there needs to be a volunteer, a person from the community who's trained to advocate as guardian litem, which really means a child advocate, someone who speaks up in the process, in the court and in the system for uh, what they think is best for these children. So you're basically um, going to advocate on that child's behalf through the court system, and, and these children are coming from foster care, um, they're coming from homes that they've been taken out of for a variety of different reasons. Um, you're, so you're not expected to be a counselor by any means, you're just expected to be a support system. Well, you're supposed to be an advocate, and the, the CASA is not the therapist, isn't raising the child, isn't the custodian of the child, is not the teacher of the child. Um, the babysitter actually isn't providing a direct service of any kind, it's providing advocacy. So it's kind of a mile wide, and in other words, the CASA volunteer may be gathering information from a teacher, a therapist, a doctor, has a court order to do those things, uh, and providing that information very specifically in a report and verbally to the court as the court makes decisions uh, on the future of this child's life. Um, in, in, in most of these cases, the initial plan for the parents is reunification. The parent has a case plan, things they're supposed to do to have the child return to their, their custody. And uh, the CASA participates in, in all the steps, creating and monitoring uh, that, recommending on uh, the outcomes of that. Uh, in most of these cases, the parents uh, do their case plan, work very hard, get their children returned. In, in other cases, um, they do not, and the child uh, may go on to uh, having their parental the parents have the parental rights terminated and the child go on to adoption. So it's pretty serious. And along the way, every step of the way, uh, the court wants independent information from this community person as well as recommendations. Uh, it's court. Different people have different ideas and the law and the city, uh, the court system, value the input of these trained volunteers. Gotcha. Very good answer, and, and, and that gives a whole lot more detail of, of, of what the job entails to be, to be a CASA volunteer. Why is it important? Why, why is CASA important in the function that they have within our community? Why is that important? Well, in, in a, couple, a couple levels. First off, these kids are important. Um, these kids, uh, I mean, we have, we have a, a moral and ethical responsibility for these children as a community. Uh, we're taxpayers. They're actually in our custody. We, we actually are paying the money uh, to, to, for our, our government to have these children in the custody of the government. Uh, they're our kids. So we have a more moral and ethical responsibility to them. Um, in a more practical sense, it's important to have that independent input to the court uh, and advocacy to the court because um, there's, there's a number of voices in, in the process. There's the parents, their attorneys, the district attorney representing the city, the child welfare agency, um, and then there's uh, this independent community person. Um, everybody has a, may have a different point of view, but it's important to have that independent community person there, it really is. Correct. So on, on average, and maybe you may know this, may not, on average, what's about the average age of the child that um, is being advocated for? Well, I'd say uh, about 60% of our kids are age 6 and under. 
Um, and, uh, but we can have children age zero to, to just under 18, any, any, any age of child, and, um, and we do. Okay. Um, I know you guys need volunteers. Yeah. How do you volunteer for your organization, and what does that process entail to become a volunteer? Uh, to become a CASA volunteer, and yes, we always need CASA volunteers. It's an ongoing need. Right now we have about 26 volunteers advocating for about 60 Carson City children. Uh, and we need volunteers. So uh, I'm not sure when you'll air this, but uh, trust me, there'll be a training coming up. And uh, so people can call. Uh, they can call the CASA office at 882-6776. They can email CASA at casaofcc at earthlink.net. They can go to our website at www.casaofcc.org uh, to find out more, to, to get the phone number and the email again. And, uh, and they contact us. We, uh, we talk to them, see if this is something they really want to do, um, you know, explain the process to them, the trainings, the 30 hours of training once a week, 10 weeks, 3 hours a night a week. And we do background checks. We do fingerprint background checks, of course, and interview and get to know people. Um, make sure that they can really do the commitment for two years. They need to be 21 years old or older. And um, then they, they can start training and see if, you know, it's still of interest to get through the training before they, you know, actually commit. But the day that I, I give somebody who's been through training and I know them, I know them now and a call and say, you know, hi, Bob or Sue, and how's your life right now? And you're, you're going to, can we assign you a case? And they're going to get one case of children, might be one child or, or three or something. And, uh, and that's a commitment. That day is important because we want CASA volunteers who are going to stay consistent with these children through the life of the case. And uh, a, lot of things are, a lot of things are in flux for these kids. A lot of things are changing, and we need CASA volunteers who are going to stick with them. That makes sense, you know, and having someone that sees them through that process that mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't drop out halfway through, um, you know, I think that makes not only their life easier, but but your life easier as an organization as well too. Well, but it makes primarily it's it's consistency for the child. Um, that that this isn't isn't a great thing uh, being in foster care or in the custody of the estate, even if you're at grandma's house. Um, you know, you kind of life is kind of in limbo, and children are not are, are pretty smart, so. You know, it's it's important to, to get honest answers from someone and have un and, and know that someone is consistently there advocating for you. You're exactly right. I, my my daughter will be almost three in about two months, and I'm amazed at what as an almost three year old she understands and she picks up. You know, there's things like oh she doesn't get that, doesn't understand that, and nope. Not at all. The children are super smart, super intuitive. They, they know what's going on around them and have a feel for that. And, and undoubtedly, you have gone through that transformation, which is one day you, you see this piece of yourself walking outside of yourself, you know, that child of your own, and you realize that children are vulnerable and have to be protected. So these children come into care because the state has determined through a, an analysis. It's not... It's not, uh, it's not um, it's not done on you know by the seat of the pants. They have they have methods and and they they really look at at situations closely and methodically. Uh, but they've determined the child's not safe, and so it's it you know people say well there's bad parents out there, and this isn't really about bad parenting or about parents who don't love their kids. It's about conditions that are not safe, and so children deserve to be protected. We are very fortunate to live in a country, in a state, in a city that has laws that protect children, protect the safety of children. We should be grateful for that. We pay money for that. And we should support that. So, um, you know, the, 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 
anyone listening to this out there probably can understand that you know this is about protecting children. It's about the you know it's about a, a different kind of protection than what you do as a parent. But it's kind of got the same feeling to it. You know, it's like it's important. It is. It is. And and you know, the better that we can protect we protect our children, the better that we can educate our children and, and, and give our children a better future, a better hope. And that's why a program like CASA is so important to the stability and sustainability of our community is it helps create a better family structure for, for these kids. It helps the parents who may just, they may need a little bit of guiding, you know, guiding help. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's probably their darkest and bleakest day when they don't get to come home to their child anymore either. And well, it, it's, it's, you know, it, yeah, and, and, and it's, it's very hard on, on parents. Uh, I see people under, under some stress. But I have to say that, um, you know, there but for the grace of God go I. I mean, we're, we're, we're all vulnerable. And um, I've seen parents um, work very hard, wonderful people work very hard to change and improve their circumstance. And, uh, you know, in the system, we have a court system and uh, a child welfare system and a CASA organization, all of which um, will do just about anything we can. If the parent wants to do it, uh, we're there. We're there, going, you know, cheerleading and, and going, good job. Correct. It's a, this whole thing is designed about getting the, the parent and child reunited into a healthy setting, into a healthy relationship again. Uh, yes, safety. It's it's about it's about uh, safety for kids. Love it. Love it. Now, I'm, you talked a little bit about some some successes that the parents had. Tell me a success story. Tell me you, tell me the story that that warms your heart the most. That that in twenty years of being the director, that you you kind of tell everybody. Well, you know, I I'm not going to tell a specific story. Uh, we we the the sad fact for for these kids, these sixty kids, is their stories will never even even hypothetically be in in the public eye. They'll never be in the paper. They'll never be here on your blog. But I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you more generically what I see happen. I, I, there's, you know, there's substance abuse in this community. There's, there's, unfortunately, there's heroin use and there is meth use. And that can greatly impair the ability of a parent, no matter how much they love their child, to pay attention to and adequately care for their child. But I have seen um, mothers and fathers um, uh, who seemed to have gone, seemed to be over the edge with that uh, at first blush, at first meeting them, um, swallowed up by that, that scourge. Um, and I have seen them, for the sake of their child, dig in and do the hard work, long hard work, uh, in treatment to um, overcome that, um, that plague. And, um, and I, I admire those people greatly because that is not easy, but they've done it, and uh, that warms my heart. It's a great example. It, it really is, and, and like you said, that's not uh, you know anyone who's who's dealt with uh, addiction in their family, addiction themselves, you know, knows that that's a, a horrible disease, and 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 uh, the odds are against a lot of people to come back from that. And when you see them come back from that, that's that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It really is. Oh, uh, what do you think within the community? Um, is is some of the problems you talked about substance abuse you know what's some things that we can do as a community to help ward off some of those problems before they happen before it has to become a cost well, issue and you're absolutely right i mean we can we can spend a lot of money as a community you know uh, late in the day um, or we can spend a little bit of money as a community early in the day and then the question becomes you know what are we spending our money on early in the day that actually works 
Um, and so um, we had we had a leadership in this community uh, that really um, set a goal of creating substance abuse, good substance abuse treatment in this community and a few years ago and so we have saved ourselves a fortune by diverting people instead of um, at first blush the, you know the court system diverting people when it was appropriate into treatment as opposed to just jailing them all the time so that that has been uh, remarkably successful when when people are open to that uh, we also we need um, we need uh, I think we need to improve similar approaches in, in, in some of the mental health areas I think we need a, a somewhat more organized mental health approach uh, in parallel similar to that um, we need um, we need more public awareness of the need for foster homes in this town of, the, of CASA volunteers of the situations that families face the need for affordable daycare affordable quality daycare is a big issue um, safe housing for um, for people who do not have a lot of money even the working poor safe housing is a major issue um, and we could go on and it and it's really important as a community that we address these things um, proactively because we're going to pay for them one way or the other and um, and so we know that uh, that uh, you know there are model programs out there and we have done some of them and there's others to do I'm glad you brought up the drug court. You know, Carson yeah, has really been on the front end of this curve that's happening yeah, here nationally with a big trend of yeah, not wanting to, to have mandatory sentences for, for drug users. You know, yeah, drug, drug dealers, a little different story, but, but drug users, you know, when they get thrown into jail because, um, you know, they, they possess, you know, an, an eighth of marijuana or, you know, a, a gram of cocaine, if you can get that person out of addiction and out of their substance abuse habit, you're going to have a whole lot more success with that, and it's a whole lot cheaper up front to, to address that issue than it is to incarcerate somebody um, for a period of time. And then, most likely, because they've never addressed a substance abuse issue, once they do become free, they're going to go right back to the same habits and the same patterns that they went back to before again, probably land themselves back into jail. So we've spent more money as a community to continue to jail these people over and over rather than help them address the issue, which is substance abuse most of the time. Most of these things can be brought back to that. And usually if it's not substance abuse, it's mental health. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so, so you're a fan of the drug court. You, you, you've, Absolutely. You've, Absolutely. And, and we have a mental health court. Uh, I'd say we need, we, need, um, we need to improve some of the mental health treatment programs I think I think we have a number of really good ones I, I just think that we, we we have there's some there's some systems issues that I have and and in and we need we need safe how more safe housing um, for, 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 for and with an emphasis on safe um, and 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 you know affordable daycare uh, quality quality um, you know preschool care uh, affordable pro quality preschool care um, all, all those issues matter, and uh, yeah, you know the economy matters. The the ability for young people to see a future in Carson City in which they can rise economically up the ladder is critical to um, their investing in you know in healthy lifestyle and uh, moving forward. Uh, the uh, community that gets overly split between retirees and people struggling at the bottom of the economic ladder um, and, and that does not have people in the middle moving up um, can be in peril. That's exactly it, exactly it. And, and it, 
we have to take care of our kids and we have to take care of our seniors. And yeah, that, that I think is a moral obligation that we all have together to, to fight that fight. Uh, what, what, one of the things um, with volunteering um, is, is um, what, kind of, what kind of things that you, do you have to do in order to become a volunteer? You know, what kind of commitment do you have to lay out? Well, there? again, we, we, you have to be 21. We ask for a two-year commitment. Okay. And I'd say, you know, sometimes very young people, college students come to me and I think they'd, they'd be great, do it great, but they're not here for more than six months or nine months. And you really have to, you have to be stable in the community. Okay. Um, people say, well, how much time does it take? And I think that you need to be able to get off during work hours to come to hearings and go to meetings uh, by permission of your employer on occasion if you're working uh, every once every three months or so. Uh, that's, that's important. Um, and you need to be able to commit you need to find this of interest. I think people, you know, there's school teachers, somebody who's had a friend who was, you know, had some issues or a family member, uh, somebody who's been around kids and sort of lights have gone on and they've gone, oh my gosh, kids need to be protected. People sort of have the get it factor when they either uh, think about becoming a CASA or a foster parent. And again, we need foster, foster homes in Carson City very much. Um, these kids are a little too forgotten in my, in my view. So, um, but anyway, people can call. I'll go over it with them. We'll talk about it. You know, we'll kick it around, see, see if this is right for you. Great, great. I love it. So um, let's talk a little bit more about how having um, programs like CASA, programs like Partnership of Carson City, um, how that creates a, a more stable community and what that stable community means to everybody involved, um, including, you know, I always try to tie these things back to real estate in this podcast. The more stable the community, um, the more stable the real estate prices uh, across the board, whether that's going up um, or rents stabilizing and, 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 and being able to make some money from that standpoint. Um, how does CASA and, and, and all the uh, auxiliary things that go along with CASA, how does that help create a sustainable community? Well, I'm preaching to the choir here a little bit, Garrett, because you are my housing guru and you know <laughs> I, I know you know so much about the market here in Carson City and um, you know for which I'm personally grateful but we know and just kind of saying what's obvious you know what what de what determines the, the the value of the the, the houses that are here uh, is demand and so if if people want to live here and there's demand um, the, the prices go up the, the 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 value of the same property in another place may be less the property of a same kind of property in another in another place may be more. It's it's not just the property; it's the demand and the perception of the value of that particular house in that community, with an emphasis of what's it worth here. So people aren't just buying a house; they're buying a community. They're buying a place uh, with other people, and not just a, a you know an island in this in the ocean. So the value of their house today, if you already own a house, or the value of the house that they might buy is determined by the community, by the demand for the community. So what are people looking for? Well, we know what they're looking for. They're looking for good schools. They're looking for good jobs. They're looking for a low crime rate. They're looking for uh, good shopping. They're looking for a place where they can walk around and be safe. They're looking for all of those things. In other words, they're looking for quality, uh, a community that interacts with itself 
in a purposeful, visionary way. Uh, so, you know, people are sitting home alone and thinking that's going to happen. Uh, it isn't going to happen that way. It's going to happen because, you know, you have your, your podcast and we have, uh, we have uh, meetings and organizations get together and people interact and create through work and effort. A community, and we could go on and on and on with the things that have gone on that go on in Carson City. There's so much going on. There's so much community activity. This is a wonderful place. I think sometimes we tend to think we need to do something more uh, to, to be a wonderful community, and we're a wonderful community today. Uh, the things that are happening here. So if anybody doubts that, just walk outside and look around. Um, that being said, there's always. A need for more. There is actually a need for you know bright ideas for people to come in, for people to get involved, and um, that's what oddly enough that translates into the the value of your home. It does. It does. I, you know, I couldn't have said that better, Chris. You truly. I think you got a. I think you got a career in real estate if you ever want that. Uh, yeah, but you, but. People buy a community. People buy an area. Sure, they buy a house. They buy, you know, a a, a piece of uh, piece of lumber, if you will. Uh, but what they're buying is they're buying the little league program. They're buying the school system. Um, you know, they're buying all those things. So let's talk a little bit about about that school system. I, I take it they're probably a good partner with you in, in what you're trying to do. Well, you know, we, we the, the you know I, I I'm sometimes in the position and some of the volunteers in the position. We have a court order. And the school systems are, are you know, are, and the teachers are a treasure for these kids, uh, and they're 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 hugely helpful. You know, when the when the court system needs information, um, and and it's you know it's we're a conduit to the court for that information. It's it's not we're not going out there and telling everybody else what's going on. Uh, uh, we need that that school information. The principals, the teachers are hugely wonderful, and they get it totally. Awesome. Okay, I'm going to wrap this up, and I'm going to ask you a question that I ask everybody that comes on the program. If there was no limits, what would be your big, hairy, audacious goal for Carson City? A healthy, happy community. Uh, and, and we can drill down to all the things that might go into that and how we might get there. But I guess as far as I want to drill down is to say that a healthy, happy community has to do with people who live there who want a healthy, happy community. I love it. Great answer. Very good answer. Chris, yeah, give out that information to contact you one more time. Uh, Chris Baer, B-A-Y-E-R, Director of CASA of Carson City, 882-6776. Uh, emails CASA of CC at earthlink.net. Website is www.casaofcc.org. I highly encourage you to get involved with CASA, volunteer, make a difference in a child's life. Chris, thank you for coming on the program. I appreciate you. Thanks, Garrett. You're more than welcome. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Carson Chatter. You can subscribe via SoundCloud or iTunes by searching Carson Chatter Podcast. When you do, please leave a review as it makes it easier to find us. And please engage with us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by simply searching Carson Chatter Podcast. You can also email us at carsonchatterpodcast at gmail.com. See you again soon, and don't forget to tell a friend about this podcast.